My journey to becoming a mobile technology company CEO has been a long and interesting one. I was born in Hong Kong, and my parents sent me to be educated in the States when I was 14, with my sister who was 16 at the time. That experience changed my life. It helped me learn some important skills in life as well. I was an extremely outgoing teenager. I was an athlete and part of student council back in my school. All of a sudden, I was placed in a new environment dealing with culture shock and language barrier. Not being able to speak the language well changed me from speaking all the time to listening all the time. I learned to observe people's body language, demeanor when they speak to me so that I can fully capture what they were saying to me. That helped me become the great listener I am today, and it has helped me tremendously in my career and my life. I also found there's universal truth in numbers and facts where language matters less. And that's when I first fell in love with science and technology. I went on to get a degree in engineering and applied science from Caltech. My first job was a research project at UCLA on intelligent databases, which focuses on making data more accessible by providing an intelligent interface that doesn't require writing a SQL query. That was my beginning um, of my love and pursuit for data science work that's still now going on at Uber Media today. My first introduction to entrepreneurship was through a summer internship I did in my sophomore year at Caltech for my mentor, Bill Gross, who's the founder and CEO of Idealab. I went on to work for Idealab in 1999 and experienced the thrills and excitement of building new companies, as well as learn the challenges and hardship of running startups. But my experience coming to the States has helped me learn how not to be afraid of new challenges and change. That has helped me become the strong and resilient person I am today. I love what I do today because I get to experience the thrill of learning new technology, solving interesting problems, and building something great together with a team of amazing people. I'm so lucky in my life and grateful to live in California. My name is Gladys Kong. I'm the CEO of Uber Media. Celebrating the lives, work, and achievements of women around the world, The Drum presents Exceptional Women of the World, hosted by The Drum's America's editor, Doug Zanger. Let's start with three questions, and let's start here. What do you think others believe your superpower is? And then also, thinking about that, what do you think your superpower is? I think other people might think my superpower is my ability to remain calm under high-pressure situations. It's very hard to rattle me, my team always say. Sometimes they try, <laughs> but it's hard. <laughs> right. And for me, I think... My superpower is the ability to see clarity when there's a lot of chaos. I like to look through things. I like to, when there are a lot of opposing opinions, I like to hear and be the voice of reason, hear all the different viewpoints. And with my perception, I can pick out and come up with a solution that works um, in general for everyone and be able to explain it as reasoning. I mean, your career path, it just from when you started to now, I mean, that's nothing but chaos. (laughs) So early on, how did you, I mean, how did you notice that? Because, you know, listening is a skill that you said you developed, Uh but also as you're going into your career, when did you learn like the real value of it? Was it the beginning or in the middle or recently? I think it's when I started becoming a manager. Mm. It's the, the first time I discovered how important it is to listen. Like most new managers, I read my books. I have my um, managerial classes. And then I try to be the manager the book told me to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It wasn't very successful. And I started just going, my way of listening, coming up with what I think was reasonable, 
And I think I find success over time that that is a better way to do it than to follow a book because that's not who I am. That's not authentic. Ah, I like that. The A word. (laughs) I love that. What's there no substitute for? There's no substitute for determination. I love watching sports. Uh, I'm an athlete myself. I love to Okay, see. no, we didn't say which sport. Which oh, sport? basketball is my oh, okay. favorite sport. <laughs> Are you a Lakers fan? Yes. Okay, we're going to talk about uh, that later. It's a different right show. Now, it's a, yes. Yeah, it's a different show. Yes. Okay. Um, but I love the, the determination you see in athletes' eyes, but I think in general in life, if you want to win at something, succeed at something, I think there's no substitute for being determined and continue to pursue it. That's well, what I... Well, if somebody comes to you with a startup idea... Uh-huh. Is that the first, is that one of the first things you look at? Is I, the I determination? think I look at them and say, you know, it, you're going to run into a lot of setbacks. Are you ready for it? Are you really sure you want this? Because it's going to be tough. It's it's going to be some great excitement, but there's going to be some tough challenges and on their way too. Right. So some of the people that you've worked with that you, maybe it wasn't necessarily the determination. Did they learn that and it got them over the hump? I think you have to. Maybe you didn't learn it the first failure. After right. two, maybe you learned. Yeah. Hopefully not a third. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, right. so I think everybody learned their lesson and they incorporate it in their life and continue. That's great. What do you think we should be talking about in 2017? I think mobile technology have pretty much consumed and swiped us away in the past few years. True. I think how to every company should think about how to take advantage of that and using mobile technology or however your mobile strategy is you need to develop one to adapt to the world that is moving very fast towards mobile haven't we been saying it's the year of mobile for the past 15 years whether or not i think every business is ready for that i think the consumer has moved to mobile (laughs) the content consumption has moved to mobile right and i think it's just a matter of business finding their strategy of how to deal with what what's one best practice for a business and so thinking large scale and then thinking small for me it's taking advantage of learning from data that you can about your consumer and building your business to better adapt to the consumer needs and like legitimately digging your teeth into it because sometimes you can look at it it's at such a high level but you have to get super granular with that yes and data tells you a lot that you may not notice on a day-to-day basis not notice yes that's a critical thing because in business we have these preconceived ideas about how to do things yes but it's the little things in between and i have talked to so many business leaders that they will tell me oh my god your data told me something i've been thinking about but couldn't convince my boss that's the case and that's true and because everybody has their preconceived notion let's go to the must list what is a must do to me a must do is you must see or experience something in this world that expands your mind and humbles you Mm -hmm. for me i my parents took me to China when I was young and I saw the Great Wall of China and that completely opens my mind and amazes me. It was an incredible experience because I was thinking my ancestor could do this with no technology. What's right. gonna stop me from doing anything in life? Because mm-hmm. that's just to me, it's beyond my imagination how something like this could be built back then. And so that changed a lot. How old were you? I was 10. 
So that's pretty, I mean, that's yeah. pretty amazing, ten, yeah. 10 years old, and just to have that worldview of it. Yeah, I was standing at the Great Wall, and I was in disbelief, like, how can this be so vast right. and so sturdy and still standing today? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Any, anything else in your travels that has had an impact on you like that? I have, the other, I have seen, uh, I have dived in the Great Barrier Reef. I oh. felt that was amazing, too. Um, so, so the iconic places. Yeah, places and, that... You know, you read about in books, but seeing in real life is different. And I think what's interesting to me is that instead of going to it as coming at it from like, oh, I'm a tourist and this is a thing, uh-huh. you're pulling the meaning out of it. Yeah. And you're going deeper in that. Yeah. And I try to get my kids to do that. And I think they're a little young right now, but maybe someday they would. I love traveling with them. I see the world through their eyes. It's amazing uh, to me. Hand raised. Ditto. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's a must experience? I think it's living your life fully. Whatever that means to everyone may be different, whether it is to pursue your dream, to do something you've always wanted to do, to go visit a place, uh, to spend more time, whatever that is that defines living your life fully, I think you should experience that. How do you live your life fully? To me, I struggled for a long time. Can I have it all? Like, can I have a career and have three right. kids? <laughs> right. I know, right? Yes, and I tried it, and I think that's great. It's, it's leading me to be very happy to have both a career and a family that supports and love me and I can spend the time I want with my kids when I'm not working. It's, it's, it's great. To me, that's living life fully, to be able to pursue what I want in my career and also be able to spend time with my kids and share my experience of life with them. I totally get that. Totally understand. What is a must read? This might be a little unusual. <laughs> I love. No, I like this. I, I, I've, I've been waiting for somebody to I, give this answer. I love The Art of War. By Sun Tzu. Sun, yes. And to me, again, it's one of those things that's amazing. It still stands. A lot of the principles of you, you take it away from a battlefield, you take it to a negotiation table right. or anything. It's just so smart and so brilliant. Some of the things that are set in there and some of it may be even common sense, but people don't think of it that way. And I love mm-hmm. just rereading it over and over. It's amazing how certain things stand up over time and yeah. your, your point of common sense. Yes. It's sometimes we lose that fact. I think we tend to overcomplicate for some artificial reason. Right. So, yeah, it says something. One, one of the things it says in there is know yourself and know your enemy. Well, in a hundred times you battle, you probably win most of a hundred, a hundred times you win. That's like, to me so true right you learn about your strength you learn about your opponents and then you try to come up with a strategy that works the best for you and of course that increases your chance of winning <laughs> that everybody to me it's... likes to win <laughs> everybody likes to win what's yeah. a must learn to me must learn is to deal with setbacks and to be able to come back from adversity to learn how to do that you've seen that so much in your career yes and in I, you know, I love sports. I right. love comeback. The, the most recent one in the Super Bowl was amazing. Didn't like the result. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, I know that. <laughs> New England. <laughs> New England gets everything. I know. Bo- you know Boston gets but everything. That right was a, re- a show of resiliency. Oh, okay, fair point. <laughs> right. right. But in your work, is there an example of somebody who had just awful adversity that you saw that you, that you knew they were going to come back? And what, what did they do to, to come back from the adversity? Well, it's what I said earlier. I think determination is what makes you, if you're determined to win at something, to chase something, you don't give up easily. That's always an important component in coming back. And the second one is belief. You got to believe you can do it. You got to have faith in yourself or in your team that 
you have enough to, to make it to, to the goal. What's a question you've never been asked before that you would love someone to ask you, and what would that answer be? I would say, why does nothing seem to frighten you? That's a good one. Yeah. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. How would you answer it? I think I've le- developed a system where I'm not, I'm not going to let fear stop me from anything. So mm-hmm. if I am faced with a challenge or a, um, a new thing, I look at it and say, okay, what am I going to have to do to do that? So I become very rational about it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't let the emotion of being fearful stop me. Right. So, and somehow my emotion when challenge it, it's not fear that shows it's always thinking i i, I result resolve to thinking and figuring things out so. does that make people uncomfortable sometimes because it's you know the cultural you know sometimes they're yeah. big talkers and one of which is sitting across the table from you um but there's i've noticed that there's great not necessarily power but there's great harmony in restraint uh-huh and it's to me, it's trying to reconcile and, and sort out the difference between trying to move aggressively, but also the right amount of restraint. How do you, I mean, how do you balance that? Because momentum and restraint can be, they can be friends or they can be enemies. Yeah. So I, I actually think I am a passionate, ambitious person, but a very quiet one. Mm-hmm. I might have very strong thoughts in where I want to go, but I often take the position of, Let's talk about this. Let's hear all your thoughts before we, we I, I share with you, you know, this is the plan. This is what we do. So mm-hmm. I'm always think and listen first before I express myself. So people might think I'm quiet and I'm not doing anything, but in my mind, I'm actually doing a lot. Here's where I compliment you. As I was preparing for this conversation you know talk to a couple people just to make sure I'm on track with some things but there there are several things that that come out and one of which is you know has to do with tenure I mean you've been really pushing this interesting agenda at the same place for a very long time which in this industry is incredibly and increasingly rare Mm -hmm. you're in a place where especially with startups it can be perceived as the shiny thing but it, it's, it, you know, it's pacing, right? It's, it's absolutely pacing. So it's, it's not like other people who kind of jump from thing to thing to thing. You're getting a chance. You've had a chance to see this wide swath of stuff and you've done it your way, which is really hard to do because you've been very firm in the way that you approach your work. You've been very firm in the way that you've approached other people's works and ideas. Mm-hmm. But you've done so with this like humility and compassion, which is really cool. And that's, again, that's another hard thing because it's so unbelievably competitive. The other thing that I've learned is even though the data here is big, you're still a huge proponent of small. It's not necessarily just about the big, you know, the the big brand thing or this and the other thing. You like you care about brick and mortar. You care about that data that's going to help more people. So you, you have this gift of being able to reconcile something that's very huge, but also put it into pieces that can be more useful to people. Thank you. And then the third one is culture. You are very, it's very important to you to have a very healthy culture. And that's why a lot of people want to work here. (laughs) So that's where I compliment you. Are are, are those accurate or am I totally off base? I do 
love working with people. That's one thing about, I'm a technologist, but I really like connecting technology with people, whether it is my customers or my team. That to me, it's important that I built something with the team. It's more important than I just built something. Um, I don't know if you, I ever told you, but I was a programmer when I first started as a right. career. Right. And I felt that is a lonely job. I always work for myself. So I actually applied, when I first came to Ideal, I was applied, applied to be a project manager because I want to work with people. And they look at my resume and they said, you should be a programmer. <laughs> and I, that was a change of my career path because I really enjoy working with people. I want to lead a team. I want to build something with the team of people. So that is important to me. And that's probably what you see in my career is that I like um, working together with others. Every guest on the show gets a chance to talk about whatever they want for a minute or two. So without further ado, the floor is yours. I love working with data. This is what I do every day in my career right now. And the reason I love it is because it might seemingly, raw data might seemingly be chaotic, but if you can make sense out of it, it becomes like raw notes that can turn into beautiful music. And I love that. I love being able to filter out the noise and create stories and information that people can digest and use. And that really goes well with what I pursue in life is to marry technology with human aspects, to really use technology to solve problems that people have, not just build some technology that seems great but doesn't solve any problem. So connecting that is what I would love to do. And in my work today, I get to do that a lot. I get to sit down with customers and I get to listen to what they want to achieve and help them to achieve them using the data that we have. And it's amazing to talk to people um, in the city planning, you know, building smarter transportation, bringing more customers to their brick and mortar shops, a wide range of customers that I love working with and seeing how our data can help them. It's the greatest joy in my life. To wrap up the show, we like to ask our guests to offer one more piece of advice or wisdom. So what would be your last word? Don't be afraid. Um, success have no mold. Everybody can achieve success in their own way. And don't let anybody tell you you don't fit into the mode of being such and such. Um, I always tell my kids, pursue what you want. There is always the case that you'll be the first. And why are you stopping at what other people think? Statistically tell you about the past. You can be the one that created a new future. Right? Before Michael Phelps got 23 gold medals, no one has done it before. Before you know, the Super Bowl, no one has come back from 28 to 3. So everybody has their first. And I think not being afraid and thinking you could be the first one is very important. Gladys, thank you so much for joining us. Love coming to Pasadena here at Idea Lab. It's always fun to be here. Thank you so much thank and you. best wishes for continued success. Thank you very much, Doug.